Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. So, Martin, should we get on with the episode? We will indeed. And we've got a, a very special stateside guest with us today, Denise. We do. My old tutor. I say old very affectionately. <laughs> Isla, Isla Brock, who's joining us in California today. Hi, Isla. Hey, everyone. Hey Isla, Hi, welcome, welcome to the program. As I was just saying, it, I'm in England. It's evening. Denise is on the east coast. It's afternoon, and you're west. It's morning still. Yep, still drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> still drinking my so, coffee. So you recently relocated, fairly recently relocated to Central, to Central Valley, yes. right? Central okay. Valley, from Los and, Angeles. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It was what was did that affect your business? Mm-hmm. I actually had to, uh, well, at first I wasn't going to let it. Okay. Um, some, I started doing more zoom when mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of people wanting to see a hypnotherapist. So they were um, reluctant and some would come in because they were sensing as the year progressed during the 2020, but I met a man met a boy <laughs> <laughs> and uh during the toward you know september of 2020 and um it was just a match made in heaven Good. anyway he lives in the central valley of california now i'm in a little town called visalia it's about an hour south of fresno about an hour and a half north of bakersfield i'm in the county of tulare's then that we're the county seat Visalia and the Tulare area is one of the largest, if not the largest producer for walnuts and almonds for the nation. They just all, it all, it's all here. Um, And a lot of vineyards. Now, because of water shortages, a lot of uh, land is being eaten up by uh, developments, which doesn't make sense because if we're in a water shortage, why would they build more housing? (laughs) It's like, but, but we're like a central hub to LA or to uh, the, what do they call the valley up in the San Francisco area? Um, that that the area. Ba- the Bay, I think. But yeah. Bay area. There's another word for it, but I can't remember. But anyway. Silicon so Valley, like, no, that's further up. <laughs> so they're about three hours north of me, and um, LA is about three hours south of me. So I'm happily in the middle. That's where my children are in LA. So that makes it kind of nice to, you know, just a little happy yeah. medium. And it's a cute little town. And uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to fly with hypnotherapy. So here it is uh, two years ago. I either had to go get a J-O-B or start restart my business. And mm-hmm. I decided to just, I was encouraged by my boyfriend. His name is Mike. We love Mike. Anyway, uh-huh. it was because of him I moved up here. You know, I was kind of playing the gypsy there for a while. Um, business wasn't booming in LA like I, uh, it had at the very beginning when I had finished my uh, residency anyway it was just a big cluster of um things that were happening i moved up here i decided to go ahead and go for it and i've been prospering very well so you have a weekly show radio show 
I have I have a weekly a live podcast that I do actually Thursdays. It's it's most things hypnosis. I don't even know what I'm talking about today. Probably about scope of practice. Well, probably mm. more of what I gear it to today, just because that just seems to be coming very, out. very dear to my heart, as you well know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't oh, really it. know what we're talking about any week, do we, Denise? We don't. We don't know. We do not know that of which we will okay. speak. We do know about what we're speaking. Wait. We just don't know what's happening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I'm thinking one of the things that I had to really get a hold of, and it made my practice easier, is just. Stay in your scope of practice, Sile. You don't have to go beyond mm-hmm. scope. You don't have to go below your scope. So I might I might be including that a little bit in today's little segment. And then I have an appointment tonight. I'm, I'm busy all day today. I squeeze this in. Like, yeah, I have a, I have time. Enough about that. But yeah, today's going to be a fun, busy day. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. to hear it. So Isla, and- tell me, are the majority of your clients male or female? Or is it a pretty even split? Well, it depends. <laughs> Okay, so probably half and half between male and female. Yeah. And of the men, probably 20, 25% are gay. I okay. I'm I'm what I was complimented that I'm I make a great gay hag. So they <laughs> the gay men love me. It's like that's their term, not mine. And I you know, it's great. And they I don't know, it just I'm friendly, I guess, to that uh orientation whatever you want to call it we we can sense when we're welcome you know (laughs) yeah it's like great you know and i don't i don't it's funny because that's not right my background has always been to just be so judging and then when i went to hmi hypnosis motivation institute some of you don't know what that is um in tarzana california anyway they uh they learned that i learned a lot about not being judgy Mm. i was Mm -hmm. like taken aback when denise met me i had just been coming out of that whole judgmental i mean we all have a bias oh, absolutely of course, it's unconscious and then sometimes yeah. you, when you realize it you can deal with it absolutely exactly. this is a what thing. is what is your real background isla my real background like yeah. childhood like background yeah i mean you don't have to go into tremendous but were no, you no, born it in was california or you did i was you grow born and raised in in the los angeles basin called azusa which is mm-hmm. in the san gabriel valley um that's where I was raised. And then I lived in Texas from like age 12 to 15. And then from 15 to 18, I lived in Northern Nevada in a little town out in the middle of nowhere. The absolute, absolute part, part, like think of Little House on the Prairie. I was and just it's thinking like that. <laughs> that remote. It's, it's a little town called Silver Springs. It's about an hour and a half nor- uh, south of Reno about 40 miles east of Carson City up in Northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. So I was there until I was 18. So I came back to California and I've been back ever since. And that's been 40 some years-ish, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my background. But, you know, it's interesting how I learned a lot just becoming a therapist, mm-hmm. having to just clear my own self. Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. do. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? We all have our own window on the world our own frame of reference Um, and even if you look at your frame of reference now perhaps to when you were say 20 years old your view of the world how you viewed politics how you viewed life how you viewed authority whatever it will have changed it will have moved I mean with some people it's a lot with some people it's a little oh 
five years ago, my whole world, you would not have liked me very much. <laughs> well, I'll say six or seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Can before, I? before you met me, because you met me <laughs> pushing six years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. I, it was, yeah, not a very, not a very pleasant person to be around. How all. did you, how did you originally, because obviously we don't have time because a, we don't really have time in a half hour interview, but also you've got a client coming up. Martin's got a client coming up. So let's get us on the road. You you had a professional career or were you a student? Yeah, I, I have, there's a couple of things. I'm kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, but I was in property management. Many yeah. mm-hmm. I, um, my ex-husband said that everybody learns things either from many different places or from one place. He's the kind of guy that learned all of his life lessons from one working in the same place he's worked at for like 38 years now. And I've had many different jobs, but I taught for 20 years in Christian school. I am a sign language interpreter. I did that for a while and I still do once in a while as needed. Um, I'm, I still advocate for the deaf. I was attending law school when I found hypnotherapy. It was like, I thought I would be a lawyer, just be the deaf person's lawyer. And uh, that's mm-hmm. what I thought my calling was. I love law, but after I found hypnotherapy, I, I, I went, yeah, I went for the tour at HMI, signed on the dotted line that same day, called the law school the next day and said, I got a sabbatical for an undetermined amount of time. Uh, I've never looked back. So why, like, why did your passion for working with deaf people come in, Isla? You know, it's interesting. It wasn't really a beginning passion. What had happened, I was in church and the lady who was the uh, interpreter at the time she and her husband were moving and there was one deaf girl and it was a very large church you know not huge huge but a pretty pretty decent congregation on a Sunday about a thousand people and so but there was one deaf girl in the whole church in the area and then this lady would be her interpreter so she offered a class to see if anybody would be interested in taking over her job interpreting for this little girl so 14 of us took the class and seven of us finished it was just like a 12-week class thing and I got and got hooked and like you know what this is pretty cool so then I went to El Camino College in Torrance California which their interpreter training program is kind of what started interpreter training across the country back in the mid-70s so I took the go to the best right and I started taking all the interpreting classes um, there and um, there were a couple I didn't finish when I learned that I didn't, I, to be certified, a certified uh, deaf interpreter, interpreter for the deaf, if you will, um, I, I wasn't, I didn't have to have the certification from college. Anybody can go in and get certified. Yeah. You just got to be able to pass the test. So I took a bunch of classes. I probably have maybe two left if I wanted to go back. Um, I never did take the certification because it does have a high failure rate. And I realized that I don't, it's American Sign Language. I don't sign American Sign Language. Most deaf don't. Anyway, I just became enamored by the idea that I can actually talk to the deaf. Mm. They can read my sign. I can communicate with them. And they love, I, they love it. When I see someone who's deaf, I just walk up to them. Hi, my name is Isla. And I'm a sign language, uh, a sign language interpreter. How are you? You know, that kind of thing. And they just love it. You know, it's like, you know, and so I'm jumping into their world and because they're forced into ours. 
Okay, so is that British sign language you're doing there? No, 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 no. Now there's a lot of similarity think... because American sign language did come from France. What we have is from, so there was a lot of borrowed signs. Yeah, and we can do when... a whole show on sign language. It's so interesting. That would be great. But you said that most deaf people in America don't use American sign language. They is that because that's a, it, is that's a static thing and it's just morphed and like language American sign, Yeah, American sign language is a foreign language. The syntaxes yes. are all different. Um, just the grammar, all of it's different. But the deaf that I've come across, very few are actually ASL. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are what we call C signs, signing exact English or conceptually accurate signed English. Um, or just a mixture of messy sign language, you know, so long as you understand it all, it's fine. And sometimes yeah. you, it's like, you can add words in that may not need to be there. It's, and you become a walking thesaurus because I did a lot of simultaneous interpreting over the years, which is my favorite kind of interpreting. Um, How does that affect your hypnosis? This is a hypnosis show. Oh, this is you, great. Can does. you use it in your hypnosis? No, this and I have been dying so, to hear. It's just like, oh my God, this is so great. So in hypnot, you know, in my practice, a lot of hypnotherapists use scripts to mm -hmm. do for hypnosis. I hate scripts. I'll use a script and I've got thousands of them, but I will never read them verbatim because most of the people who write them, write them, it, those are their words. But I can yeah. take a script that I've never read before. And this is where my sign language practicing, because I have to hear it, translate it, immediately. put it on my finger, hear it, and it's a constant, right? So I have this ability that I think I developed because of that, even today, the gal is uh, testing, I, did, I came in for test anxiety, and we did a little uh, a cognitive thing and then I plugged it into hypnosis, but I wanted to do a little more than that. So I grabbed a script from uh, a company, uh, just like I had 20 minutes before she showed up, I never had a chance to read it. And I just kind of went for it, you know, but I have the ability to read ahead while I'm talking, because that's kind of what I learned when I was doing my science. Like, so that, mm -hmm gift or that that skill set it's like i had that i can change things on the spot you know i'm i'm recording it i i'm they're laying in the the recliner and i'm just like oh, getting ready to say something and the one thing we have is the gift of hypnosis is time so i'm trying to I visualize just this now isla the client obviously me i'm guessing needs to keep their eyes open all the time then no, but she's well, talking about using the those techniques when she has a hearing person. Oh, if you had yeah. a, a deaf client, how would it? How no, would the it deaf are afraid. The deaf are definitely afraid to come in. Um, not that, and I've offered free sessions to deaf. I want them to know that they can be hypnotized too. There's very little information, academic information, even on YouTube. You won't find a lot of people. You have to know sign language, but the thing with deaf I've already got it in my head how it'll work if I ever do get a deaf person in mm. um it's called tactical sign yeah. um the deaf like Helen Keller she had tactical yeah. so mm -hmm. everything she did was by sign so I would set up with the client who is deaf um if they want their eyes closed we would do tactical sign we'd have to practice it or they can be hypnotized eyes open they won't go as deep as somebody who is 
um, with their eyes closed or hearing because a lot of it, but they can be, they can go into trance. It's just um, learning how to do it. And I would gladly give a deaf person uh, free sessions yeah. just for me to practice with them and for them to know that they have the ability to enjoy oh, this. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Call me. My number's on the screen. <laughs> right there. Just give me a call. <laughs> we'll do it over Zoom. <laughs> no problem. So talking of which, do you have a lot of face-to-face -face clients now? Is most of your work most, on Zoom? Most of my clients are face-to-face. -face. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Few. There, I haven't done a Zoom client in several months. Really? So, Reverse. Yeah. I, I offer it, but you know people like the in-person thing yeah and there's you know there's quite a few people between fresno and bakersfield and where i'm at they they don't mind the drive okay yeah. this is it there's no big deal in driving 30 or 40 miles over there is there oh no <laughs> if you want to go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in los angeles it takes an hour to go to los angeles from los angeles right yeah. I used to live one mile away from HMI and it would sometimes take me 20 minutes to get to the school from where I lived. It's going to walk faster. And, yeah. And it's, yeah, pretty much. So um, here where I'm at, I realized, you know, having lived in that forever, right now I'm here in this little town, it's got city. I'm a city girl. I can't give up my city. I have to have my mm. city, but so I have enough city and enough, country to just get that balance but no matter where i'm at in my city i'm no more than 15 minutes away from anywhere i need to be even in traffic no well, that's good. like this well, isn't traffic good. yeah i know you, you mean know, la and, traffic i remember when i was there and somebody said to me hey why don't you hire a car it was like no <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's it's a crazy it's crazy the last time i was in la was about a year ago and it was um I, I was on my way to Long Beach to go visit a friend and we were now in West LA, right? Almost downtown. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, it's another hour and a half just yeah. to get to Long Beach. If I can get there in an hour and a half although, and I had to be back. Yeah. It's crazy. Although LA itself does have public transportation. There is, it's a yeah. very rare Californian doesn't drive a car. Um, do you see a lot of driving clients? Or fear of driving. Oh clients. my gosh. Yes. A lot of fear of driving. Yes. It's interesting. You asked that last year. I noticed in about an eight month period, there were about seven or eight men who contacted me and I call it SODA sudden onset driving anxiety. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. It was so weird because these men all had, and they don't know each other. They're all from different parts of the area, but it's almost like all of a sudden they have this driving anxiety. They've been always been able to get up and just go. Now they can't even go to the hardware store. And it was just like, it hit them suddenly. Every one of them hit them suddenly. And Denise has done a lot of work lately with people with driving anxiety, yeah. haven't you Denise? Yeah, I have one lady who it's been a problem for her for 30 years and it's been getting, it's sort of globalizing. So initially she didn't like driving on the highway and then she doesn't like driving people around. And then, Currently, she came to me, her therapist referred her because it was globalizing and she didn't like being a passenger anymore and she wasn't sure she would ever get on a plane again. So it, it was just, you know, growing. But we're actually having a fair, fair amount of success. Um, the first person, it was a sudden fear of driving over bridges and a full-blown panic attack. And um, 
He doesn't know what it came from. He'd had a problem with it 20 years before, had it fixed, and suddenly it came back. So oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. So I totally understand. You most of your outreach to the population is through your audio, through your podcast. No, I don't get a do lot you... of outreach on my podcast. I just keep doing it as a legacy to my kids. And if mm -hmm. somebody watches it, great. But mm -hmm. I referrals are definitely one of the that and just some social media and then my SEO on my Facebook. That, but referrals are what's happening right now. I don't use, I have a referral service that I've been using for years and I hardly use them at all anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just, people are calling me up so-and-so referred me and I'm having people refer me that I've never met. They just see a social media post mm -hmm. and they go to my website and they check me out and I get phone calls, you know? So yeah, I'm, it's, I am the number one premier hypnotherapist in the Central Valley. Wow, all, yeah, all so in a couple of years. In a couple of well, I not everybody there's a lot of us out here, mm. but not everybody's marketing themselves. Mm. So mm -hmm. well, there's a lot I'm, of there are a huge number of people that train as hypnotists and don't use it as a profession, which is fine yeah. because it's a really useful skill. I teach all my clients to hypnotize themselves. I wouldn't want them to go hang a shingle and try and hypnotize the rest of the world, <laughs> but the, the basic skills you're teaching your clients. And so yeah. if you want to take yeah. the Take the big the big picture and use it for yourself. That's fine too. So you work I, five days a week, or do you do you? I'm here. Weekend? Well, like this weekend, I'll be here a little bit this week. I don't have any clients this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably because of the holiday coming up. Yeah, usually I'll have clients on the weekends, but none. Have not had anybody with fireworks fears or no, nothing. Nah, -uh. it's like I don't. They usually, I think, people who have firework fear are usually just hiding. Um, mm -hmm. I do have a, a client who blew his hand off with a firework um, a little over a year ago that I've been seeing for pain or for fear more. It's, it's trying to get out of his own head. He, he keeps waking up every day thinking it'll, it was just a bad dream. Yeah. He's, he's learning to accept where he's at mm -hmm. and such. And now he's just, it's like, it's created a whole new set of issues which, well, if you don't need to make any decisions on this issue, just put it aside for now. Let's just work on the ones you can change and work on. Mm -hmm. And so that I think helped a lot. And my, my boyfriend made him one of those boxes. It's a mirror box. Oh, right. You so see the other hand. He has that, he has that um, phantom clench syndrome with mm -hmm. his hand, you know? So I just put your hand in the mirror in the box. So one side has the mirror so it sees the other hand you know mm -hmm. and your brain thinks that it's because it's got the mirror it thinks that that's your hand and the idea is to help it if you do it enough right. it will help it release the uh the idea so you know if you if you do have one use it if it's causing problems and it really can help that phantom stuff go away yeah we, we were that's talking about <clears throat> Excuse me. We were talking about phantom pain, weren't we? A few episodes mm -hmm. ago, Denise. Oh um, yeah. That that and I'm learning about it. But it's, there's amazing things that you get to learn in this. You know, areas yeah. that I would never have dreamed I'd be working in. Um, I'm now working in hypnotherapy. It's like oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm doing it. Now I'm doing it. It's like oh, man, wow. so I'd never see a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the number one reason why people 
What's the favorite I'm sorry? that you like to do, Isla? What's the favorite? My favorite, uh, I like work. I, I didn't think I would, but I do love working with people who want to quit smoking. Mm. And uh, people who are in anxiety, I don't know what it is. I usually when they're coming to me and they're not sure what they're anxious about, um, aside from some, some trauma, but it's like within a couple of sessions, they feel like a million bucks. It's yeah. like, you know, what cataracts are right behind the yeah, eyes. Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I kind of attributed uh, my own little cataract of the brain. So hypnosis can help clear and, and laser off those cataracts and all of a sudden you get to see where you didn't get to see before. Yeah. That's a great metaphor. Like, I like that. Yeah. So I, it's what happened with me when I saw my hypnotherapist, it's like, Whoa, what just happened? Mm. And that's like, right. You have your own. You, you, did you want to talk about your own personal well, metamorphosis I, I, courtesy of <laughs> hypnosis? It's very uh, similar to Martin's. <laughs> oh yeah. I went and saw one. I was in a very bad place. I had, um, acquired a condition called anosmia and agusmia, uh, the inability to smell or taste. And this is pre-COVID, way before COVID. Yeah. Seven years ago, okay. Yeah, way Seven before it was years. fashionable. Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it, So I, I had a fever and it did it fried my olfactory nerves uh, predominantly. And so I have like a 2% factor for smell and zero factor for taste. But anyway, um, I was just in a really bad place, uh, eating disorder, trying to figure out how to will myself into tasting again. I didn't know how much that would affect. I mean, two of your the senses are gone now. And yeah. anyway, so I hit my therapist. I'm more for anxiety. I didn't tell him I had this condition, uh, not for a while. Anyway, that first session was like, whoa, what is this? Now I'm in law school studying for what's called mm. the baby bar. And I'm that's my job property management study for the baby bar that's all i'm doing and <laughs> i call i can do is when i go to see jake we love jake when i go to see jake i'm just what is this how come it's working i don't understand tell me more about the subconscious mind many emails during the week between sessions asking and finally he's like stop go to the school i did and get just go check it out <laughs> and so i did and that where it kind of all started for me i'm like whoa so i i was amazed at just oh this is a thing yeah you know so it became a thing oh yeah there was, there was no bigger cynic than me about this kind of thing until until it worked for me <laughs> and yeah. that was it oh, yeah. yeah absolutely it's, um, it's I, amazing I, I i would say i used to be very very dismissive of uh, such things it's the word hypnosis it's just got a bad stigma yeah and if i use word trance a lot going because it's it. a natural phenomenon yeah, we all <laughs> exactly. go into trance all the time oh and <laughs> environmental trance happens all the time you yeah. get in the zone whatever your book you're reading or the movie you're watching or the car you're driving yeah absolutely i mean this this is how we can you know we can be that engrossed in a book and somebody will knock at the front yeah. door and we'll jump out of our skin because we're that absorbed in what we're doing without focus mm -hmm. exactly. if you're really focused you don't even hear them yeah just oblivious <laughs> just oblivious whatever you know that's kind of how i explain it you're in a daydreamy state you know just let it go let it rip just be you know all um what do they call it just be uh let your mind wander yeah. Mm -hmm. And some people have that one of the hardest 
challenges is helping somebody who has no visuality. They can't visualize. Wow. Um, But but there's so many other ways of imagination Mm, working. Exactly. Oh, no. And I think they can. They just didn't realize it. One of the tests I give them when they say they can't is um, just close your eyes and count the windows in your house. Yeah. That's similar to his, was just imagine your front door. I asked them yeah. to I asked them to tell me about their front door and what color yeah. is it, where's the mailbox? Exactly. Uh, that yeah. kind of thing. Exactly. And then I say, in whatever way you visualize, you just visualized it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That kind of thing. So that 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 would uh that just they smile when they went, Oh, so like yeah. in order yeah. to see the windows. Yeah, I call it the light. That gave me a number. It's like when, when you talk to people about their creativity. You know, I don't have any creativity. Okay. Well, talk about your imagination. I don't have any imagination. It, it's, it's like, these are limiting beliefs, and we can help you with that too. <laughs> I, yes. We are running out of time because both of you have to get organized for two o'clock appointments. So. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything specific you would like to leave for our viewers and listeners that oh. you would like to say? You you don't worry about the don't worry about the you know how to reach you that'll be in the show notes they can no, find you that way. That. I'm more into you know pursue your passion. Yeah, you know, it, I reinvented myself after I was 50 years old. That was in 2014. I was 50, and mm-hmm. so do the math, right? Um, I I whatever your passion is, and and find your purpose in life. And how are you going to do that? Go see a hypnotherapist. <laughs> Seriously, they will help you identify whatever your blocks are, resistance, but pursue your passion. I can't, it's like, it's, and if you're retired, like my boyfriend's retired, he didn't pursue a passion in career. He's pursuing his passion in retirement, you know, Mm -hmm. doing more of the things he loves to do. And so that, you know, just do those things and then, you know, supportive of it or cetera. I didn't know what my passion, I didn't do a lot of things when I was married and I was raising kids and all that. You know, mostly it was church related and just very, everything was church, church, church. Yeah. And so not that I'm against church folks or anything <laughs> like that. It's got a little PTSD when it comes to that. <laughs> like spiritual, spiritual PTSD, if you will. But pursue your passions and don't, it's like I had to learn to, I can make decisions based on how they affect me and not others. It's not about me first. It's about me too. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. It's like I, I heard. I'm that a people too. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that. I like that. I, it's not you, about you, me. You're right about the age thing as well, Isla. I've, obviously, from what you've just said, I've worked it out. I'm exactly the same age as you. And my light bulb moment when I changed careers was roughly the same time. I was a couple of years mm-hmm. after you. <laughs> Reinventing. Reinventing yeah. and bloom where you're planted. Yeah. So this is where I'm planted in universe right now and loving every minute of it. Yeah, in the California sunshine, you lucky thing. Oh yeah, we got we got about ninety eight hundred degrees today. Yeah, well, we're about sixty over here in in oh, Fahrenheit. Nice. No, not nice. <laughs> well, uh, I don't mind the pool. But like uh, right, like you know, I have my AC at seventy eight. I've got my little fan sitting here, just keeping me cool, so I don't have to turn on my AC any cooler than it is. It's very expensive. <laughs> if if anybody if anybody listening, it's highly unlikely anybody listening would be deaf. But if anybody listening has family members or anybody else, please call call Isla <laughs> or write to her or however communicate with Isla because she would really love to work 
with the deaf community. Yeah, and all Isla's contact details will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Go on back to your sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) More of it, right? Take care, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. You Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.